0: What's up, donation Nation? Here's a good question for you. How do you arrange your drop? What are the do's, the don'ts, the best practices, the things that actually work? How do you know what those are? Well, guess what? In this week's episode of In the Daw with Slippy, we're going to be talking about that. With that being said, let's go ahead and cue the super dope, dark cinematic intro video.
1: Make the ground shake like a fing earthquake.
0: What's up, Daw Nation? My name is Wyatt Troy. I'm a music producer much like yourself, and I wanna welcome you to In The Daw. Now, if you're new to In The Daw, it is a series where we invite huge music producers to come and dissect their songs in real time so that you can learn straight from the producers that have already made it in the music industry, so that you don't have to go scouring through YouTube looking for a song or a sound recreation video from someone who didn't even create it in the first place. No, 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 no. Right here on this channel, you get to learn straight from the source. So if you wanna keep learning from huge music producers so that you can, number one, keep getting better and better at music production, number two, make a bigger impact with your music, and number three, finally start making a living off something that you're actually passionate about, then go ahead, hit the little subscribe button that's right below this video, and make sure to click that little notification icon. That way, anytime that we put out any new content, you'll get notified immediately, and every time you watch one of these videos, you're gonna get better and better and better. So how's this episode of In The Dog going to benefit you? as a music producer that is a handsome question and this week's episode of in the dot is was slippy breaking down his song earthquake that he collaborated on with dirty audio now dirty audio couldn't make it to this session no resentment whatsoever but let me tell you what you can plan to walk away with learning from this episode okay there's a lot of things in this episode that you're gonna learn from which is amazing but you can absolutely plan to walk away learning these things number one how to make melodies with your vocal chops. How do you do that? What are the best practices? What is the easiest way to set yourself up to when to do that? We're gonna talk about it. Number two, we're gonna be talking about how to make a very successful collaborative project. All right, have you ever collaborated with someone and it just didn't work out, it was painful, you felt like the person was overbearing on you or you were overbearing on them, it just didn't work out? What are the best practices? What are the do's and the don'ts? We're gonna be talking about that today, okay? Number three, we're gonna be talking about what the heck is a bass jam? Is it the same thing as a sound design jam? How's it going to benefit you? How's it going to make you stick out? I promise we're going to be going over that as well. And then number four, like I mentioned in the intro, we're going to be talking about how to arrange your drop. What are the best practices, the do's, the don'ts, the things of that nature? Don't worry, we're going to be going over all of these things in today's episode. But DAW Nation, not only do we have this week's episode of In the DAW, but we actually have even more valuable things for you at the end of this episode, okay? So make sure to watch all the way through this episode until I come back on the screen, and we're going to go ahead and cover those things over there. But, Donation, I hope you are absolutely freaking pumped for this week's episode. And with that being said, let's go ahead and ask our wonderful video editor, Zach Nolten, if he can introduce us to Slippy and take us in the dock. First concept, start with the intro, man. What's in the intro? Where are the, the elements in there? What's what's going on? What's,
2: where's yeah. the energy? Yeah, all right. So intro right here kind of breaks down into a couple of different sections. I have pretty much at the start, just going off with these chords. some uh, ambience going on here at the bottom so i believe this is from a culprit pack which is a really nice sample pack it's still free i think it's lying around the internet somewhere but really nice i don't think i really i can unfreeze this i mean yeah it's literally not processed at all except i put it down six semitones to be in key then you have this uh amon tobin i'm probably pronouncing that wrong uh atmosphere which again exactly how it was i don't even yeah just pitch down to be in key right here so those just kind of set the mood of the tune as an intro, and then while that's all happening, you have this little key patch going on here, and it's just an arp back and forth, back and forth. This stereo patch, a little bit of grain delay, nothing crazy.
0: Can you can you uh, can you uh, uh, solo that little that thing you just showed? Yes.
2: Yeah. Right here, the keys. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's literally a preset. Like it is. I'll be. Yeah, presets. You know, whatever. I clicked on it works great. I mean, honestly,
0: when it comes to leads, like when it comes to like really pretty leads. I hate sound designing that crap. I love sound designing bases and stuff. You know, like exactly. You know, yeah, like, I think like stuff. this fit really well for the intro, and I was like,
2: well, I'm not gonna go and dig for another key sample, and I'm not gonna spend like three hours recreating this key sample. Totally. So it so, sounds really great as is.
0: So question yeah. with this. So, I mean, where was this? Was this a free thing? I see, I see you got it from Zymatics. Is this a free yeah. thing? Or, okay.
2: Uh, I'm not sure. I believe it might've been free. It might've been from their packs. I'm not entirely sure like which library it was from, okay. but
0: yeah. Cause, cause I remember um, they had one a while ago. It was called, Oh my gosh. What's it called? Uh, I can't remember. Um, link on the screen, picture on the screen to show you what it is. It's so like, it has such beautiful leads in there and it's like so gorgeous that yeah. When it comes to leads, I hate sound designing. Just, just use presets in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, So I
2: believe there's that. And then I also, uh, duplicated that it's another patch entirely. So yeah. Complete control here. Rounds is a good one. It was part of a, like, I think it was complete ultimate 10. Uh, and it's another really nice one. A lot of good, like key presets. So super quiet, but Fills out that high end a bit, and that just takes you into the intro. So it's not totally ambient. Still has the rhythm coming in, so you kind of okay, one, two, three, four, and then underneath all that, there's this arpeggio, which again, I'm just gonna have to unfreeze everything. I think. This arpeggio, which another, another rounds. Big fan of rounds
0: do you like after you've kind of written your your thing you got your you got your melody all like set in stone you know exactly what it is do you flatten them or do you not flatten them
2: i don't ever flatten them really okay. Why I, I would flatten it if i wanted to go in and audio process it but i find that i like to make little small changes here and there so unless i'm like totally certain that that's how it's going to stay i'm probably not going to flatten anything when it comes to recording audio we'll definitely get into that with like the drop because a lot of that is just audio i recorded in the process so but as far as intros go i like writing it out like kind of as you would if you had like a score or something you know i want to be able to go. I want to make those small changes whenever I need to.
0: Do You usually take elements from other parts of the song and start teasing them in the intro, or do you start with the intro very, very first? Okay, so you do the first. So
2: sometimes I'll start like at the totally beginning, just have like a pad or something. But usually, what ends up happening is I'll end up filling that out a little too much, and then I'll have to go back and make our eight bars before that to kind of lead into. Okay, here's the main section. Gotcha. So, so well, when you yeah.
0: start a song, where do you usually start from?
2: I do usually end up starting like at the intro verse area, just because I like. Okay, what's going to be like the feeling of this song what's going to be you know the theme of it how this is all going to come together and so normally i'll start with like a bass patch or something like i think realistically if we actually get into the verse here i probably started with the pads and the chords in this section So. so it was most likely if i'm being like totally realistic here it probably started with uh probably right this bit So just getting out this bottom chord progression here and then sort of filling it out above. So I would start with maybe the low bass I have here and filling out these chords and just literally like I would take this and copy it down to here say and then fill out these upper harmonics of what do I want these chords to be and how do I want to sound and then you end up doing it here as well in the keys it's kind of like a four bar phrase here
0: So you usually start off with the verse and then you usually start off with the chord progression in the verse and after you get the chord progression down, then that's when you start moving over to the melodies and all that kind of stuff. Right? Yeah,
2: exactly. So I like to get like, if you're looking at it from like a frequency spectrum level, I'm starting more at like the low end and then we're building out from the top, how I want this to sound. Because you know, when you start with the intro, you don't want it to come blasting at you full spectrum. You want to have like, okay, we're getting into it. So I like starting with the low end and then kind of, we eventually want to build up, especially when you get to the drop, it's going to be that full spectrum of sound. So it's not, Nice to start it out nice and low, or maybe even like really high. You can start like a high string patch or something. You definitely want to get those lower parts of the spectrum filled out. I, I think.
0: It. So the so question with your kind of like your lower growlier base, your lower thicker sub not not sub but uh, your lower you know talking about lower base. What is it? I love it.
2: Yeah. Uh So if we unfreeze that, it's actually an acali thing here. It's like it's supposed to be a lead, I believe, but I resampled it because I thought it sounded really cool here as this like. I mean, I've been using this a lot actually. It feels like any of my songs in the last couple of years is probably in here, but it's this. Which like already has it already has that tone of like a little bit of a bass. So I put it in the sampler here. And I mean if we play it back without any of this stuff. Basically I just put it in here as it's playing nice and low. It's actually pretty nice as is, but you know I wanted to obviously come and fill out a little bit more. So add a saturator with a hard curve here and then a bit of an overdrive here just to fill out the high end. It's honestly way too much. Like the drive is 100 and the dry wet is 100. Like it's definitely more than is necessary, but I think it sounds good. A teeny bit of reverb just, just for the sake of it. I don't know if that's also all that necessary. And then camel crusher here on fuzz filter. And then at the end, I just put a little cut of the high. And then what I like to do is as the verse progresses, just sort of bring that up. So the bass, it's, you know, that I mean, pretty much this is what I was just talking about before, starting up alone the and then building up as it goes. So.
0: I think that's so good. You know, having elements like that that are kind of continually changing, not by a lot, but continually changing. It just like, it brings a human element into it, right? Instead of just being so stagnant. I love it.
2: Another a really fun thing about this patch too, and if we go later on, it has a little bit of glide going on. So if you shoot it between the octaves, you get this really cool effect, which is why I called it an Annihilation on here. It's, it reminds me of the first scene in that movie. There's this is really crazy scene in the third act with the crazy sound design, all this stuff going on. It reminded me of that quite a bit. the way that you get it repeating with the way that this audio sample is I don't, I don't know it's just really nice you get this kind of chaotic effect going yeah, on with it I
0: love that I mean, that's fantastic any other elements in the in the verse that you want to talk about
2: Uh with as far as that goes I mean you got this a uh, couple more arpeggios going on just to keep the movement it's actually is that this is actually teasing the next section so I'll get back to that in a minute the main melody we have going on here is actually just a vocal chop that I did uh, that'll open up <laughs> And this is a shipwreck uh, vocal sample actually, it's an F major I believe. So I took that and just sort of chopped it up to get it fitting here, so we have like this a little bit at the beginning, and then I found this a little bit that sounds a bit more percussive to use basically just filled out this melody because originally i had a melody written with something else in here but it ended up sounding a little bit too much like one of my older songs and i think it was Sasha at monster cat was like uh you should like probably change that sounds really similar and i was like that's a good idea so we went and did these vocal chops going on Um, and really it's like Got some, I believe this is a tuner. Yeah, just a little bit of tuning for some of the weird pitches that happen. I don't even know if it's doing very much. And then you got grain delay, just giving it a little bit of high end, and then more delays, chord note delay, and 3 sixteenths is what it is, yeah. Some reverb, a little bit of utility to bring the width up. And then here, that's, so this is the main one we got going here, and then the bottom one is the same thing. It's just, I made it as a harmony instead, so it's emphasizing some higher notes that I wanted. <laughs>
1: Hit a higher oh. That's so <laughs> And
2: it's all this like little tiny delay on the end here. So it just so it sounds a little bit off.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. So there's a couple of things I want to talk about in here. That I think you did do something that's really, really cool. And one is the harmonies. I've actually never seen vocal chop harmonies. That is freaking awesome. So you do it, Okay, so you, so you literally just copy it down and just change the tuning of them just to create different harmonies. Okay, so that's really cool. But then the other thing, so on the original vocal chops, you have two different delays, one right after another, but each of the delays are playing different rhythms, right? So, I mean, one could at least the way that I thought is that like you'd basically just have one delay because you have four, four on one side and three, three on the other. So I thought you could just put four, just have one delay and then like have four on the right and three on the left. But I think the the effect that you're getting by doing this is you're actually you're you're delaying the delay, right? That's that's the unique effect.
2: Yeah, because like I don't I don't like it when it's just like straight on the four, it's a little too robotic. Same with like the three, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I kind of like having it in between where it's like when you have it on ping pong, it's hitting between both ends. So it kind of sounds like it's everywhere, it's just throwing out the spectrum. At that, point.
0: that is super cool dude i'm really impressed okay this is good this is i'm like i like this okay let's keep going
2: yeah okay so that's most of what's happening in this section i mean you got i'm just clicking through to make sure i'm not missing anything here but this is a little bit of a teaser for the build-up it's just playing the same chord notes and everything It's nice and washed out with this rack and it's just kinda teasing this like more sinister element that's gonna be coming in later with the introduction. So that's what's going on there. Then I'm also I have a bit of a cashmere brass doubling the bottom part as well.
0: So I have a question for you really quick yes yeah so the concept of teasing in certain sections right this concept is like okay you're in the intro but you're kind of teasing in the verse and you're in the verse you're kind of teasing in the build you're in the build you're kind of teasing in the the job is that is that pretty common for your workflow i
2: think so yeah because i mean you write a section and it's like these two sections are really cool but like they aren't really melding together right sometimes it's literally just Bring this one element over, put it back, or pick this one element and put it back into the front. And basically, you just end up kind of like building blocks. You're just putting them in different spots. And once you have it, like various elements going from different sections, it kind of brings it all together. It's like, okay, this is the sound palette of this tune. Basically. I, love that.
0: I, I think that's great because it's, it's helping It's helping the listener foreshadow, right? Because the, the big problem that a lot of people run into, a lot of producers run into, is that, you know, they introduce a new section. It's just like this foreign element that's in there. And it's like, well, wait, this foreign element doesn't really fit. But if you tie it in, right? You, you, <laughs> yeah, you, just kind of tease it a
2: little bit for that's like oh like, i did already hear that like and you know it's probably not really all that perceptible as you're listening but you know a little later you listen back and it's like oh there it is and it's actually a little bit of the drop is teased here as well so Perfect. Okay. so super spaced out super in the background but if you listen in the, in the full version you can still end up hearing it you know mm-hmm. Especially in the really nice. So, as that's building at the end, you also have, like, okay, at the end of this drop phrase, we're gonna get this little bit of. Oh,
0: teasing in the bass, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't really think much has happened in the percussion series. It's got a little bit of drop clap going on here, just rhythmic stuff, keep it moving. Not much going on there. I think there's probably some more ambient effects. Yeah, we got some impacts going here. This flute uh, is played a couple times. I just personally like really like building soundscapes around the tunes. So having these little bits in the background that like, yeah, necessarily they're like adding all that much musically, but it kind of fills out the space that the song is living in.
0: A lot of these things, like a lot of these atmospheres, these impacts, these flutes, these things that you got going on, where do you, where if someone's just coming into music production, they want to know where to get these, where would they get these?
2: Splice, man. It's always splice. Literally just go on there and just click through. You'll find some cool stuff. I mean, like you can find literally anything on splice and with enough processing, it's going to sound really cool. I think, especially with ambient, stuff, sounds it's super easy i mean you can literally just chuck a bunch of reverb now that ableton has this as well this delay plug-in i mean you could throw literally anything into this and it's going to sound really spaced out and cool you just got to find out where it sits in the mix that makes sense yes
0: i love it i think that's fantastic now a question with you because i'm seeing a lot of reverb on a lot of different things a lot of delays which by the way sounds amazing and that's why i'm concerned it's like how is all these things that are in spaces sounding amazing i feel like they should start getting muddy and start fighting with each other yeah Do i don't deal?
2: really know <laughs> i used to be really bad about reverb and like in on everything that like high percents and it definitely did start to sound money but i think the trick with a lot of this is it's pretty low like i don't have anything mixed up super high and what i will end up doing is like okay if something's carrying over like crazy just literally turn the audio channel off when you don't want to hear it anymore
0: yeah, that, that's what i'm looking for so when we did the pixel terror episode that's exact because because they, they have the same mentality of you, you know, like find really cool samples on splice reverb the crap out of them but then it's like wait well, how, how do they fight and so they have a custom rack and i'd highly encourage you uh, anyone to go to watch that episode but basically that's what it is so basically, what that rack is is that when the reverb is done, where it needs to be done, when another element comes in, that rack—it's literally just that you just automate it, it's just on off, just completely, just just stops it. So nothing. So I like that a lot. Perfect. All right, let's keep going. I like this descending horns. There's, there's an entire section called descending horns. Is, yeah, I it? think
2: this is actually might have been where this tune started. Now that I'm thinking about it again, because I just had this like okay, you're, I mean you'll understand when you hear it. So here. horns are going down yeah for sure you can hear that so we have a couple layers of horns actually because i'm super picky and i never want just one sample i always end up layering samples so I got cashmere one going on here Saturating it, pretty much. I mean, like it's it's a bunch of things happening here, but at the end of the day, what it's basically doing is just saturating it, bringing that high end out a little, a little bit of reverb. The more and more
0: I'm looking at all your elements, man, you love distorting, saturating, all that kind of stuff. Right? Yeah, you, you yeah, all that.
2: yeah. <laughs> well, especially when you're working with a lot of low end elements, I think it just helps to bring everything out a bit, instead of just having it be like super bassy. This is another bass sound, uh, brass sound. So Umru one. It's not spoiling. He sells his own packs, but yeah, really nice high end sound. But it's playing the same thing it's just those two together complement each other fills out the spectrum then we got i have the string part here it's uh, another cashmere following <laughs> the same pattern there and then i actually wrote this next string part right here so it has the lower bits going here but then i added on this raising section as well
0: oh a little counterpoint oh. yeah a little counterpoint i like it that's cool yeah
2: oh yeah It just so happened that it worked out really well that I could stepwise keep everything moving up without it sounding weird. Because that's what I was concerned about. I was like, you know, normally you can't do that. It's going to sound a little weird. And even this chord progression, it's just chromatically going down. It's not following necessarily a chord progression as much, I'm sure. I mean, it is just not in your typical sense of one five four. It's like literally just moving down.
0: Whoa, it's it's not even a... Yeah, okay, so it's just chromatic. It's not even in the, the key that you're writing out. Yeah, right? okay.
2: So you got... I mean, you have D, and that's the main note, but then it's coming down to the sixth here at the B-flat. Ah, uh,
0: that's so- um, providing a lot. I of yeah, I like I like um, the idea that like uh, that he has certain elements that are descending, and then to counterpoint them, you have an element that's also rising, but it's, it's yeah, it's, it's also dissonant. Everything's like it's just really helps create this this atmosphere of contrast. Where something's coming. Mm-hmm. Something something big's coming. I love it. Yeah, it's stuff. bringing this really big
2: element, and then you also have this smaller layer here that goes into this actual build before it. So. And that's like super, super simple patch. It's literally just 16 unison of this saw, a little bit of pluck. And then I have this little d knob that once you get into the actual build here, simple but really effective in what it's doing basically so that's pretty much what's going on in this section there's not a whole lot else i mean you have you know your crashes and everything and i believe there might be and not even really a riser you got a little bit towards the end here but yeah it's pretty much just these strings and there's a little bit of sub bass underneath it just kind of locking it all down and there you go on that a little bit of percussion here as well i guess Just bringing it in to the next build. I got Dirty Audio's vocal sample down here that he did.
1: Make the ground shake like a f***ing Earthquake. Make the ground shake like a f***ing Earthquake
0: okay all right so there's a couple elements in the build i want to talk about right there so you had this rising gritty bass was that the gritty bass from before or is this a new one
2: yes it is the same one uh-huh. it's the one that i was talking about in the intro so we got this sawweed that i was using in the intro here and all it is is you got it again here with uh, you got another layer on top here.
0: Man, that's amazing. And they're all just rising in pitch simultaneously all the same. I love it.
2: So it's just a serum patch here. It's something from I another song that I just pulled this in from. Just save your old sounds, even if they're from songs that never came out. And just go through the sound design of this, but it's pretty much just a little bit of FM from B. Out of this phase. Flange, that's what it is. The flange going on here. And then again, a lot of distortion, OTT and things like that. It's a really aggressive sound, so you want to bring that all out here. And then this is a massive lead I did. It's just a <smart> no. <noise> I mean, it's literally just saw wave. I think it's a, yeah, we got the B section on. So it's a square saw with a little bit of pitch detune going on. Man, Chorus, distortion. You, you get a distortion. lot of
0: mileage out of Camel Crusher. That is cool. Oh
2: is yeah. Really nice. I mean, it's, I've been using that forever. So it's just like, it always sounds good to me. And I know, okay, I'm either going to use probably British clean or annihilate, depending on what I'm looking for. And I just, those are my go-tos. And it's really nice for these low distorted basses. And then we just got the sub underneath, just holding it down again. And then I also grab this little tension thing so I can automate the pitch. Yeah, she got that automating little plucky lead here as well, which this was originally the lead for the song back here. And one thing that you can hear in a lot of this buildup is frequency shifter here. So, you know, if you don't want to go in and do the pitch automation for everything, or you want to make it sound really chaotic, literally just click this wide button, drag it up throughout your build, and you get this nice spread out effect, which is terrible for phasing, but it sounds cool.
0: So you do that. That's a nice little buildup trick that you have is using frequency shifter. You put it on an element, hit the wide, and then you automate the spread over. You
2: know. Yeah. So, I mean, like you have the pitches rising here on this, but you know, it's only going to go up to the an octave. And at the end of the day, that sounds great, but it is at the end, you're still hitting that octave and it might it might sound like it's resolving even though it's not so throws frequency shifter on it and then you get this nice spread out effect at the end with a little bit of this washout macro as well, which is helping that. Yeah, it just sort of helps like at the very end, okay, we're washing it out, we're spreading it out, and then here's this new impact, we're going to go to the next section now. As far as drums, I mean, again, it's not super crazy right now. I think it's actually like one of the simplest songs drum-wise that I have. Normally, there's a lot more going on.
0: So with drums and percussion, are you, are you pretty big into just using loops and whatnot?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. It's like, I'm not really someone that makes my own drums, but I've played percussion for like a decade, so like, I know what I want. So if I find a loop that I'm like that's what I want I and mean, it sounds good we're putting in the song I mean it's a drum if someone's calling you out for like I hear that I heard that snare sample before it's like who cares it yeah. <laughs> doesn't yeah. make any difference
0: it's, it's it's a it's a poor argument because you got to remember we're making music because we enjoy it so if there's a part of the process that we don't really enjoy there's nothing morally wrong with not doing that certain process I hate sound designing risers I can't stand it it's actually painful I would say I think all the
2: rest in this song I didn't do anything with Yeah, so you got cymatics one you got soccer reverse one I mean I've definitely done it before I have a few I've made if I'm like I need this effect and I can't find a sample that does it, I'll make it. But it's literally a riser. I mean, it's to Create this effect. It's, unless you like really want to be this like super homegrown, I make everything from scratch. I don't really think it's super necessary.
0: Yeah, because at that point, it's more so most. I mean, I will admit there's probably some people out there that like, really, really enjoy making every single thing, but most of the time, I think it's more of an ego thing. And they're like, no, I, I need to do it. Like, I, I really, I need to make it. No, that's not true. Don't do Yeah,
2: I think it's a lot of pressure as well. Cause you know, you're like, oh, I gotta make this song and I want it to be like the best it can be. And for that to happen, and I want for my fellow peers to know that this is a great song, they need to see. That I made it all, and it's like that's not the case. I know when I first started like collaborating with people, I was looking at the projects, so I'm like, Oh, there is some samples here and samples here, and like, I would have never guessed that, I would have never heard it before. So, I don't think it makes a big difference at all. So, yeah, you got this Sultan kick is happening. I just pitched it down to fit the tune a little more. That's literally it.
0: Do you find that important to pitch the drums to the key of the track?
2: I personally like doing that, I think it makes a difference, and it's pretty easy to do a lot of the time. I mean, what I like to do is you literally just solo the kick out, throw an EQ on it, just look for Where's the P? And if you look, actually, I don't even think this is hitting the right note. It's like a D sharp and the tune's in D. So this one isn't even hitting the right note. What I like to do is if I want to find the exact pitch, I just throw a frequency shift around here. And then you can just start like playing around with it. So like, oh, I want to go down minus 10 so okay now it's hitting a B and you can just do that and it takes like a couple minutes at the beginning of the tune. If you just do it with a frequency shifter then you don't have to go in and recorrect every single pitch sample.
0: And do you feel like with the drums being tuned to it, do you think it adds to the musicality of the track?
2: I don't know about the musicality but I think it definitely helps the kick and the sub sit together a little better if it's just hitting there. Because I mean if say like you have a tune in D and your kick's in, I don't know, in like a C sharp or something and your sub's in D, you get a weird frequency clash there. Yeah,
0: that's that's a real, I didn't think about that. That's a good idea. I don't
2: know how much of a practical difference it makes but i like to do it just to be safe more than anything else it helps it sound a little thicker sometimes too because i normally write in like kind of the d to f range so a lot of kicks are kind of like oh it's a it's a flat or something and i'm like i mean yeah technically that's in key but it's not really hitting as hard as i want it to so you put the
0: kick to the root you put the snare to the root as well
2: uh, yeah it'll either be the root or the fifth usually it's i like to pick one of those so this snare is a mess there's way too much going on here honestly i think i just ended up adding stuff over and over until i eventually got how it sounded so Let's find what the base is here. That's the base. Cool. So let's see where that's in. Yep, we got the hint right on the root instead of D. And then on top of that, we have this little metallic snare as well. It's literally just the sample. I didn't even pitch this at all. I doubt that's in key. And then you have this clap. Just add, it's a little bit off kilter, which is I think adds a little bit of a human element to it. Then this layer which I used in the build. I just add that because it has a really nice punch to it. It really adds that first hit and then this little bit of splash at the end. Because that was was a comment I got when I was getting feedback towards the end was the snare isn't having a splash. So literally just add this snare in here, pitched it up, Then cut out the low end entirely, give it a little bit of width, and it adds that splash that the snare
0: needed. Amazing. So, and each one of these are tuned to the specific part of the key, right?
2: Yes, I believe so. They mostly should be. I might have gotten a little lazy on some of them. I mean, for the most part, I just like to tune in until I think everything sounds right. Because, you know, after you're sitting here working on tune for how many, you know, 20, 30, 40, getting to like 100 hours, depending on how long you're working on something, eventually you might notice, oh, that snare sounds a little off. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, that's hitting a G, that's not the fifth, that's like the fourth, but it's still a key. So it sounds right in the context of everything, but together that's all. That was a thick snare. Okay. Yeah, for this tune, just for the effect I was going for, we layered it with the kick. So Nothing super crazy going on in the drum groove here. It's literally just quarter note stuff going on and then a little bit of a reverse here leading into the snare. And then at the last one, I actually changed this metallic one sound a little bit different. So, so kind of like weird splashy i just stretched it out like crazy i don't know it's just i I think i I think i end up getting bored myself working on stuff sometimes and add these little things that i don't really know how much of a difference it makes but i like it so i
0: like you doing that kind of stuff it's ear candy number one but also like i really like the way that you've layered these on and i love it when people layer like because it makes the snare feel so much thicker i can't tell you how many songs i listen to the kick is so thick and then the the snare is just
2: (laughs) yeah and i think in a song like this it's like kind of important that you have that snare hitting as hard as the kick yeah Which again is why literally the kick is hitting again. (laughs) So, yeah, I guess we can get into the drop then. Yeah, so we got.
0: Okay, so before you even get into anything, here's a question for you. What is your method of starting a drop?
2: I like having, you know, I usually start with, okay, what's the initial impact going to be? So in this case, super simple. It's literally just this distorted saw base. Honestly, I think it might be the same exact one from the build, actually. Just process a little bit differently. So you have that initial impact. Okay, what's that going to be? And then I like thinking about the groove of what I wanted it to be. So I had like this main bass. I made a bunch of bass sounds beforehand and then put them all in here, throwing stuff at the wall most of the time. So just like throwing things down. So I'm like, okay, that grooves, right? And then that sounds like something that you can actually move to. So you can call that like the A section, let's say. And then this B section here is. So the rhythm changes and the little bit of melodic bit at the end also changes. I guess it's a lot of call and response for the most part. So you have in this first call here, technically you have a call and response with the first impact and then that bass sound that's coming in and even within that you build into another layer you have these two little bits of bass sounds that are playing off of one another one of them gets spaced out one of that's brought back in so i guess it's a lot of back and forth they lost, at least in this drop
0: so kind of one thing that i heard really quick is like very first thing that you kind of start off with is the downbeat the impact the initial thing that really catches people's attention inside the drop right which in this case was a distorted saw um but another thing that i heard you say is that you actually sound design things before you even go in to start arranging the drop is that correct
2: yeah it, with this song that was how it worked out because i, I kind of had this build and and everything and i was like, okay well i don't really know what i want the drop to be but i knew i wanted to be sorting the deeper end of things so i was like okay well let's just make a bunch of sounds and actually i brought it in here this is the original it's really basic it's just a fm from b and this is going to sound a little different because i just melded it after i went <laughs> that's what it sounded like and basically what i ended up doing was i just kept tweaking it and tweaking it and recording different bits of it over and over again so eventually i had this big library of things to pick from that were all kind of in the same realm so i mean if you even click through this section right here So literally just pulling those around and recording all those, you can get these different effects that you want to get out just having a straight serum patch and then like making a bunch of variations of it.
0: You know, that's I think that's a really good idea to separate yourself from the arrangement and writing process and the sound design process. Because I mean, these are two different sides of the brain, right? These are two different sides of the brain. Creation and the arrangement is two different sides. And so I love the idea that you're separating those. You're playing to the advantage of humans when you get human psychology, when you're getting into this kind of stuff. I actually really love it. One thing I do want to comment on was that i love that you said that you went through and you changed one patch a lot and you got all these different samples then when you start using these different samples they all sound like they're from the same family there's so many times when i'm listening to a song and it's just like there's no what's called bass cohesion right there's no there's no sound cohesion it's just the equivalent of you going to like mcdonald's and burger king and panda express and then throw them all into a bowl and it's like yeah i mean th- theoretically it's food but but then if you get everything just from mcdonald's throw it in a bowl it'll still be gross and it'll be terrible for your health but it's still it's it's better because it's all from the same source right and so I what I think that's a really, really good idea. And so when you do that, do you do that as, do you render those out as samples or as presets or how, how does that work for you?
2: Yeah, so for this one, I just made a bunch of audio recordings and this is actually a new version of the project because when I was originally working on it, it was just me. So this is a different <laughs> version of it. But if you go back to the oldest version of the project, there's these long 32 bars of audio where I just recorded a bunch of samples and I went in and I consolidated the whole thing. And then they're all just sitting there ready to be used whatever I wanted. So that actually be in here. If I click, that's an old one. So, yeah, you go in here. you have like all these different variations of it and some of them made it and some of them didn't but I had plenty to choose from and you can even process them again once they get in here with this chain that I had then you start texture warping stuff and start doing all this stuff I personally just like playing with audio a lot so I was having a lot of fun with that in this project and you know like yeah. the
0: more I talk to people who actually know what's going on with sound design they incorporate exactly what you're talking about here they incorporate like how they create like a sample pack of everything that they're doing they have their own sound design session they go through and they kind of create all this and then they have it in audio so they can tweak it even further that's to me that's I mean, so the term comes from '85, at least for the term that I know. It's called bass jam. which is basically this thing. It's like you have this big, long, huge audio thing where you've just recorded and tweaked and all that kind of stuff. It's this big, yeah. thing.
2: And I'm pretty sure I got that from like one of these videos, like this, where I was watching someone else do the same thing, and I was like, "That's a good idea. I should do something like that." And I tell you, it works out really well. Yeah. So yeah,
0: it's it's a really. good, I'm glad. I'm glad, man. That's awesome. You you learned it from this channel. Or you learned it from someone else.
2: Oh yeah, I might have been this channel. I think it could have also been another one with like company or someone like that, where he was like, "Oh, I'm just like recording all these sounds and." Putting it back in, but it's definitely a technique that a lot of people are using, and it's a good one to try and utilize. I mean, it can end up giving you some really good results for sure.
0: I'll, I'll just pretend like it was us, so thank you. I, I accept this award gracefully. So, I can tell you,
2: I definitely have got quite a few techniques from this channel before, so no worries awesome on that. Dude, I yeah,
0: appreciate that. Okay, so okay, so you got this, and so basically, after you go through, you kind of did your little sound design session, you're starting to bring things in, you're starting to do what's called call and response. You mentioned this a little bit earlier. For those who have no idea what that even freaking means, what even the concept is, what is calling response?
2: So call and response is like a question and answer, I guess. If someone asks you a question, then that person gives you an answer to that question. So I guess in that case, the question would be this. And then the answer would be these different. And then, I mean, even within that, you could say that, you know, this is a question. And this is the answer. Like, it's these different little bit of variations that you keep bringing in back and forth. I don't really know how to describe it. I think it's something I've just naturally done. When like listening to a lot of music, you end up hearing it. Because, I mean, if, if I just put this in, for example, and I was just like, all right, here's our drop now. This, this is our new drop that we're going to do. It would just be... Like there's nothing happening there. It's too much or there's just like not enough sound variation going on there. So I don't know. I personally like making these a little. I end up working in sections and chunks a lot of the time. so you have like this chunk and then okay, I'm gonna copy and paste that over. and what's this new section gonna be? And if you listen to this, I believe this is exactly the same as this. I just delayed it a little longer. And then for the last bit, it's, you know, again, a little bit more delayed. And then it's a totally different rhythm. But at the end, you'll hear this part's going to come back.
0: Michael. So for those who are listening, so they're starting to get it, right? They're starting to get it. Call and response means that there's at least, bare minimum, two different sounds. Two different sounds. And one comes first, the second one responds to that, so on and so forth. You can start creating a rhythm out of that. If anyone wants to see like a really, really kind of rudimentary, basic way of doing this, like, kind of the most basic example I can think of, there's a song by Julian Sheeran and John D called Little Talks. It's called Little Talks, okay. So the reason why is that, like, it's very, very basic, right? Where Julian Sheeran, she sings the first part, she does the call, and then John D D, yeah, and part, that's is, that's a much better way of thinking it. That's
2: better than my explanation was.
0: Like kind of a duet, I guess. It's, yeah, kind of a yeah. duet in a way, right? Something, does, something says something, something does something, and, the, and then the second part responds to that. And this creates, it's really cool because what this is rooted in, this is cool, not very many people know this, but this is rooted in storytelling. This is rooted in storytelling. So it's actually taking elements from storytelling and bringing them into music and, make, and helping kind of create the story inside of music so it seems more engaging. It's really cool. I love that. It's so good. I love it. Yeah, I mean,
2: you can, pull the same kind of things from like the foreshadowing of elements in the intro for things that are going to happen later and I mean you definitely pull on elements from other bits of art into making music. I love it. It's all coming from the same Freaking ideas! This yeah, is
0: so this is so good. Okay, yeah, let's keep going. So, <laughs> so we kind of so cool. the bases are all kind of deriving from each other. They're all kind of from the same grandfather, so to say. They're playing these rhythms and these rhythms. When you're coming up with these rhythms, you're kind of just throwing stuff at the wall and you're seeing what works, right? You're trying. Yeah, I mean, you can samples. even see there's a bunch
2: of ones that are turned off here. So these are probably prior ideas that I had going in. Okay, maybe the first time I did this, this phrase was a little bit longer. So I was like, oh, you know. So you're like... Just kind of throw things at the wall here until eventually, like, oh, okay, this is the flow that makes the most sense. And I, I don't know. For me, it ends up being okay. I don't. I don't know. There's no exact point to say when to stop. But once it feels like that's locked in, it feels like okay, I can move to that, and it doesn't feel too chaotic because I think it's easy to get a little chaotic with sound design. I mean, like, it's for me, I like having these more simple rhythms with the complicated sounds. I don't really think that answered the question at all.
0: But no, no, it did. It did. <laughs> it, you actually, you, you showed like kind of this examples, like you're bringing stuff in, you're chopping stuff out, you're trying different examples, just things around i think that's really cool the second part to the question that i have is that uh, i liked what you were talking about where like you create like this first section kind of like section a and then do you duplicate that over and start changing things and that's where section b comes from is that how that happens
2: yeah yeah it's normally okay so i'm going to start with this four bars and we're going to copy and paste that and make some variations and then kind of just end up doing that over and over again until you have this chunk of different things and then you can see like okay this is drop one this is drop one b i probably literally just copied this whole thing over and then made more variations onto it
0: too many people when they're first starting out even even Season people that don't really understand this they don't copy and paste over and tweak that's where the magic happens though that's where yeah it it's because of...
2: you already have the structure there so all you're doing is bringing the structure over like you're not gonna i mean you could keep it exactly the same too but I don't, you probably aren't gonna want to but you don't have to literally start from scratch every time you move to a next section i mean you're gonna break you're probably gonna copy the intro first and then okay how are we gonna make this different you know
0: between drop a and drop b or drop 1.5 here what were the main differences the main things that you kind of changed or brought in and took away and so on and so forth
2: yeah the first thing that happened is instead of getting this like little saw bass here you get this zero bass which is again from another previous sound design session just warped in pulled it out put it in tune and so first impact you get this time is you're gonna get a so you can even hear it right there it, once you get into this rhythm it changes a little bit so it was just quarter notes before and now you have this little eighth note bit and that feels totally different again From an older sound design session. It's actually literally from like another song I did. And I had the whole drop like rendered out as like stems. And so I would have just brought this one bit in and then pitched it around and shifted it. And now it's utilized again in this song.
0: And you also have a little hay going on now, right? I hear. Yes,
2: a little bit of hay that's going on. I actually pulled that from the drop the dirty audio did. So I like those. And I was like, okay, well, cool. It's again making the sections make sense again. I just pulled it back over so yeah you got that Uh, it's basically so I would say for the most part it's just that the rhythms are changing and then you get a little bit of different textures and timbres going on with uh, some of the impacts and fills also added this a little bit that's like it's an octave up just fill out the spectrum a little more and just makes like the tiniest little difference. Anything
0: else in drop 1.5 that's worth mentioning?
2: Yes, actually, now that I think about it. I would say the one thing that comes up quite a bit, and I have to find where it is because there's a lot going on here. I'm automating the reverb quite a bit throughout the course of this to keep the groove going. So... And it's a total mess because I ended up copying and pasting stuff a lot. You know, what I was saying and then chopping these up. Some of these don't make any sense. But what I was doing was on the offbeats, I was using these little tiny chunks of it that are like kind of eighth notes, but I still want to fill out. I don't want to just stop in the eighth note. So what I did was at the end, it just raises the reverb a little bit. Kind of gives this bounce to it.
0: That's so cool. So, what you're saying, so from what I understand, is that basically, so you do this to add kind of like, I don't know, an extra counter rhythm, I guess you'd say, in a way. Yeah, I
2: would, in a way. Yeah. It just emphasizes those twos and fours a little bit. Cause, you know, you have the kick and snare hitting on one and three. So, that's your nice like punch. It kind of sucks everything in. So, like, right before the hits, you have everything exploding a little bit. And then boom, like, right back in. I think it gave the track like a nice bit of play. It helps it play with the drums a little bit. Awesome.
0: Kind of gives it a little, like, a little reverb shift. Kind of like reverses into itself. It almost sounds like a reverse into itself a little bit. I love it. Such yeah,
2: because I mean, you turn it off, these sections are still filled out a little bit, but it's gonna sound a lot more empty, so. You can hear where it cuts off and it doesn't really sound like it's moving into that next section, right? That's mostly what's happening in this first drop. I mean, there's a little bit of fills and stuff here, nothing too notable going on with that. And then we have this next build going on, which is, again, I'm pretty sure just copy and paste it here. And what happens is it just teases his drop a little bit. What's actually funny, and now that I'm hearing it, I'm realizing this bit right here. That's actually like an older sound design from like an older drop that was in the song that got cut. And it's just still there, still living in that build. I just think that's really funny. I just now realized that because I don't even think that he's actually teasing his drop a whole lot. Oh, there it is. Where's that coming from? I can't find it. Oh, there it is. I literally couldn't find it. But yeah, that's that's his bit right here. So he's just teasing that as it builds in. And then we get to his drop. And I I can go into it a little bit, but I don't know exactly how he did all the stuff that he did here. Okay. But I I can go at my parts here. So it's a little bit of call and response again, back to what I was saying. So you kind of have four bars of his stuff, four bars of my stuff, four bars of his stuff, four bars of my stuff. let's,
0: Let's talk about that. So let's play his part and let's play your part.
2: Yeah. So this is his section of it first. So good. So that's his bit and then we go into mine here just And he arranged that all but i think it's really cool how that worked out because it's like okay so you get a little bit of back and forth going on here with just the sounds that we decide to use
0: you know that's a really cool collaboration tip is like when you're when you're building a job with each other you have you basically have sections of the job calling and responsing with the two collaborators i think that's actually really really cool
2: yeah so that's pretty much how that drops going i mean and again these are just i had i think i actually ended up having to go back in three sound design these longer bits but I don't think there's a whole lot to break down in this section besides that. It's just, yeah, it's just a lot of call and response, and then we get to this break. Yeah, so the break, it's a lot of the stuff from the intro elements, I just changed the progression of it for the most part. you can hear that just like initially when we get into the section i believe the first four chords here that you get are different and then it goes back to these ones that are exactly the same so it just gives you that little bit of difference going on and everything is it starts off a little bit lower and the elements take a little bit longer to get back in it's a lot of just a technique for djs that are mixing more than anything else so that when they switch that song it's not like oh we're in the verse and i wanted to go to this new song but this one's still just like blasting everyone's ears off in the break
0: is the verse the big string and the build is that basically the same stuff that we had going on in the beginning yeah
2: it's a, it's pretty much exactly the same from what I'm seeing Perfect. here.
0: Perfect. And then drop three. So yeah, how's how's the arrangement of drop three differ from what you guys had going on before?
2: Yeah. So drop three just we ended up going through a lot of different things for drop three. Like I think I, I probably made like three or four different versions of it. But what we eventually settled on was having a four on the floor drop because just like really like okay, this is a really energetic song. It just like ended off with like full energy going on the build. It teases it a little bit. So Michael, it's a little different. Michael, Michael.
1: shake like a f***ing earth
2: So what was fun about this for me was when we were doing this drop, what I basically got to do was take all his drop elements that he used previously and rearrange them into this drop. So I took all his stuff and just like mess with those elements to make this third drop here. So that was a lot of fun because it's kind of like you're remixing your own song at that
0: point, you know? that's so cool man that's so cool and then is there any other elements i mean it sounds like you rearranged them but did you add or, or any elements in here or is it pretty much all the same elements
2: um i would say it's pretty much the same i believe this kick yeah so here, arranged the kick so it cuts off a little bit differently here and then i added a yeah so you have this little bit of like dembow going on here just kinda of keeps the energy up. I find that when you're doing a four-on-the-four the four drop, there needs to be like a little something filling out the sides and the rhythm so it's not constant kick drum. I, I really like having that rhythm on here, so you got the snares emphasized by this little fill that I use in a couple other spots. It's just these two things layered on one another weird plates crashing onto the ground basically like like i don't i don't even know what you could call that really but yeah it's just like a nice little effect sound it fills it out let me just double check here that nothing's happening as far as this part's concerned yeah i mean that's pretty much it as far as it's concerned it just goes four on the floor and then we cut it back down into this So I was just going in here and just kind of pitch automating his sound, messing with the auto pan and everything to make sure that it's getting the rhythms that it should be getting. And at the very end, just pulled in this little bit that he had at the end of the second drop. Mm-hmm. just outro.
0: That's amazing. And then it's just the outro, which is basically more or less just the, the intro, right? It's
2: just- yeah, it's more of the intro. I kind of like to make it a little more like... I mean, the way that we've been talking, everything sort of like we start off with the verse section. It starts low and then builds up. The outros, I kind of like to have, it, okay, so it builds up, and then we're going back down to nothing at the end. You can hear it a little bit with the brass here too, instead of having it an initial hit, it's just... It swells up a little first. Yeah, besides that, it's just a lot of the same elements just rearranged a little bit. Amazing, dude. Absolutely amazing.
0: So now here's the here's the question. Here's the question, Slippy. What is a concept inside of music production that you feel like you don't really know, but you really, really want to know? What is a concept like that? A
2: lot of the stuff that I find really interesting is ordered chaos, if that makes sense. So you have a lot of guys like, say like, I mean, like G. Jones, I think is a really good example. He has a lot of sounds that are super crazy and chaotic, but at the end of the day, it somehow makes them make sense within these really dense soundscapes. He, a lot of people like that just fill up these really chaotic sounds and they have all this stuff going on, but it's like, how do you make that all work together? And where are you getting all these various sounds from?
0: Uh, see. I see. Yeah. Someone that's, that's like that, that really knows how to order chaos is a frequent, a lot of things that he does. You ever listen to frequent? Oh my gosh. Like his alpha state stuff. When I was listening to that, I'm just like, Oh my, like, like I was like spread over seven different project files, like 700 different tracks. It's like insane. So it's like, yeah, how do you do that? That's a really good question. How do you, how do you get something so complex, so chaotic but get it to work that's a good yeah, because, question i
2: mean even i mean you can even hear a little bit in some of this because i like doing that kind of like cinematic orchestral type stuff for my intros and you know you have a lot of arpeggios going on here and they somehow work together but you know i think it's interesting to just keep trying to take that to the next level have it make sense but Re- still sound cool
0: donation now this is a really good question if you haven't an answered this if you know how to how to tell slippy here how to do that you got some good tips tricks resources anything like that put it down in the comments we'd love to hear from you and see we'll see what you guys actually have you know we'd love to get some some advice on this this is a really good question so of course we got the final question which is did you have a good time
2: oh yeah of course
0: Talking about, do you recommend can you can you morally recommend in the dots producers oh yeah
2: 100 100 you're a good person what's up donation did you enjoy that did you learn a lot now
0: listen don't head out yet because we still have some things of value for you now before i give you those things of value really quick i just want to remind you to go ahead and hit that like button you see that thumb button right down there go ahead and click that softly not not too hard but you know hard enough. And then go ahead and go into the comment section. Leave a comment. If you like this episode, go ahead and let us know. If you didn't like this episode, go ahead and let us know because we really just want to keep making these episodes better and better and better for you. And then of course, make sure to subscribe and take the little notification bell so that you get notified every single time when we release an episode like this. Now, Donation, we got four extra things of value for you. Okay, you not only got this week's episode, but now you're gonna get these four extra things of value. The first thing that we have for you is called Behind the Dot. It is another series that we have, but really quick, what the freak is the difference between in the DAW and behind the DAW, what's the difference here? So really good question. So in the DAW is where you're at right now. In the DAW is where we talk about the technical things. You know, music production, sound design, mixing, mastering, vocal production, things of that nature is over on in the DAW. Behind the DAW is more so focused around the emotional, philosophical, branding, marketing, uh, music business side, okay? And we go ahead and we interview huge, you know, either music producers or people in the music industry. It's just another asset for you, okay? So we've had people like Henry Fong, Kara, Flux Pavilion. We've had the CEO of Trap Nation, okay, we've had a lot of people, and you can go ahead and check out Behind the Dot as well It's The Perfect Companion to In the Dot. The second thing I wanna talk to you about is our Mastermind Monday episodes. Now, I really just need to quickly warn you that the Mastermind Monday episodes are not for everyone. These episodes are only for the go-getters, the true producers, the people that are really willing to push the limits, that are gonna put in the hours, go the extra mile, go above and beyond the Call of Duty, all right, it's only for the super serious producers. But every single Monday, we release mastermind Monday episode and what that is is that over the course of a week I go and I find a piece of content that I feel like is really going to help music producers okay and sometimes that's a book sometimes it's a video sometimes it's an idea a philosophy something of that nature but I go and do the searching for you I go and find it I bring it to you I present it to you and then I show you how to apply it in your life okay so number one you don't have to go find the content Number two, you don't have to partake in the content. And number three, you don't even have to figure out how it applies to you. I literally do all those things. I put it on a silver platter. I give it to you, okay? Now, really quick, again, this is not for everyone. This is only for the super devout music producers that are really willing to take your music career seriously. If you're just a hobbyist, this is not for you. This is only for people that wanna make a career out of music production, okay? And so, then naturally, the third thing that I wanna talk about is a combination of the first two, which is all this content that we have in the dot, behind the dot, Mastermind Mondays, all of these things, can be partaken of in two different ways okay the first way is where you're at right now all of these episodes can be found on the donation YouTube channel okay so if you're more of a watcher than a listener guess what you're in the right place now If you're more of a listener than a watcher, guess what? Every single thing that we've been talking about today, In the Daw, Behind the Daw, Mastermind Monday, all of those things can be found over on the Daw Nation podcast. That's right. You can listen to all of these episodes on the go, okay? So maybe you're driving, maybe you're at work, maybe you're working out, anything like that. Maybe you're doing the dishes. I do lots of dishes. It's horrific. But if you're doing any of those things, guess what? You can listen to all of these episodes on the go as well. Now you can find that podcast, it's just called the Donation Podcast, over on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Deezer, of course on YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere, literally anywhere that you can partake of a, of a podcast on any app, it's gonna be on there. So make sure to head on over there and subscribe over there as well. Now, the fourth and last thing that I wanna talk about is our courses, okay? So you've partaken of our free content here. Don't get me wrong, this free content, as you just witnessed, is really, really good and really informative. But if you wanna take your music production skills, to an entirely different realm. Not even a different level, just like an entirely different realm. And I highly encourage you to head on over to dawnation.net and check out our courses over there. Number one is the School of Bass. Now this was in collaboration with AE5, if you don't know him, he's an absolute sound design legend. And we came together and made this really, really intense sound design course okay the second one that we have is one that we're just barely launching it was in collaboration with Zan Griffin if you don't know who Zan Griffin is he literally released an album on seeking blue while he was a senior in high school and that album has went over to get over 100 million streams worldwide that's insane. And guess what? He shows you how to do it all. He breaks down every single song in the album. He gives you stems, project files, presets, samples. I mean, it's just insane. You get to see every single song broken down, even to the most micro piece of content inside of there. It's absolutely amazing. Now, if you want to partake of any of these courses, any of them at all, again, go ahead and go over to da They're all over there. It's very easy to get more information on them. So I'd highly encourage you to go over there as well. But donation I I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode of in the dot and if you did I would love to know go ahead and hit the like button comment below subscribe and take the little notification bell and by the way you can take a screenshot and tag me on an Instagram story and I will reply to it I actually I repost everything that people tag me in on Instagram so if you want to connect with me that way I'd love to I'd love to get in contact with you guys my username is at da underscore nation and so I'd love to hear from you guys over there as well So right about now, there's gonna be some pop-ups coming up on the screen. Over in this area, in the top left corner, there's gonna be a little subscribe button so you can subscribe to the channel. Over in the top right area, you're gonna be able to see our newest piece of content, which the one that you're watching right now very well could be, or there could be even more at this point. So go ahead and check out our newest piece of content right over there. Down over here in the bottom left corner, you can see a playlist for every In The DAW episode, okay? So if you wanna watch all the In The DAW episodes, right down over there. And then over here in the bottom right corner, is going to be a Behind the Daw playlist. So if you wanna watch all of our Behind the Daw episodes, that's gonna live down over here. But Dawn Nation, it was absolutely fantastic spending this time with you, and I'd highly encourage you to come back next week when we release our next episode of Behind the Daw with Mern.